Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Kate. And welcome to Vintage Vixens. A podcast for film lovers by idiots. And this week we are covering crime movies. Yay. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of favorites when it comes to crime. We love crime. Crime is so, so much fun. I mean, it is. Don't do real crime. (laughs) Don't do real crimes. Watch don't, dis- crime don't disappoint movies. Scruff McGuff like that. Live vicariously through. Um, hey, what did you just say to me? Scruff McGuff, the crime dog. Who's what? There's a crime are you, dog. Are you telling me that's not his name? Have I been lied to all these years? We're actually not going to talk about crime films. We're going to talk about Scruff McGuff. Who's America's Scruff McGuff? Icon. Scruff McGuff, the crime dog. I've never heard of this. Okay, that's because his name's not Scruff. No, Scruff is his nephew. I'm sorry, McGruff. <laughs> McGruff the crime dog. Uh, he's a bloodhound that wears a trench coat and tells you not to do crime. Hey, but like, why does he exist? Is it like a children's book or a, a what? He's like in the same family as Smokey the Bear and Woody Owl. I don't know the owl either. This week we're talking about movies that Scruff McGruff, who is not called Scruff McGruff, McGruff the crime dog, and his nephew Scruff McGuff would not approve of. So is McGruff more about like the mafia and then his nephew's more about like petty crime? Well, it's the trio. You have Smokey, Smokey the Bear to prevent fire, um, Woods the Owl, who is against pollution. And then Scruff McGruff, not Scruff McGruff, McGruff the crime dog, and Scruff, his nephew, to prevent crime. All crime. Beware all of all crime. crime. All crime. He gets all the crime. I feel like he has a heavier workload than all the other anthropomorphic animals. PSA animals, yeah. Oh, but his voice actor, oh no. Scruff what? McGruff. <laughs> what? He just, he was arrested in 2011. <laughs> oh my God. He had 1,000 marijuana plants, 27 weapons, including a grenade watcher, and 9,000 rounds of ammunition. What? Oh no. Oh no, McGruff. That's a crime. That's many crimes. That's a very big crime. Don't meet your heroes, kids. Don't meet your heroes. Anyway, back to the movies that McGruff maybe would have approved of. Um, Kate, what movie did you choose for this week? Um, this week, I chose The Linguini Incident. Not to be confused with The Spaghetti Incident. Is The Spaghetti Incident a movie? That's what Wikipedia says. No, that's actually oh. a Guns N' Roses album. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, But Linguini Incident is a crime movie. It says crime comedy. Uh, Much better than the album, The Spaghetti Incident. Listen, it was directed by Richard Shepard. Known by his other title, Shagorama. The movie was called Shagorama? The movie, when it was released on home video, was called Shagorama. Why? I mean, I guess there's a few explicit scenes, but not all right. That's because all the carpeting in her apartment, the main character's apartment. Because of the shag carpet. Yeah. So, and in case you were Wikipedia, just want you to know, um, despite me having seen this movie and knowing all what it's about, 
the name refers to the linguine, which is a type of pasta. So thank you, Wikipedia editor, for making sure all the folks at home knew that. The movie is primarily known for starring David Bowie as the main character, well, one of the main characters, Monty, who's a British bartender who comes to the United States. He's in a lot of debt for gambling. Spoiler. And so he works for two of the people he's in debt to at their New York restaurant. And... Slash, slash club fashion horror show oh yes the fashion is amazing i don't know what you're referring to but they have a bet going that monty can't get married in like a week or something he can't like convince that. he can't convince um one of their waitresses or anyone to marry him <laughs> Yeah. He could marry, the, the official bet for those listening at home is that he could marry a waitress in a week. Yes, and so that's David Bowie's mission. And like every girl that comes up to the bar is like, hello, I love you. Will you marry me? That's a terrible David Bowie impression. But that's like the whole Well, if he was David the Bowie, then that would probably work a lot faster. You're right. Yeah. But, but he's playing Monty. In a silver iridescent shirt thing. I criticize it, but if I saw it at a thrift store, I would probably buy it. They looked anyway, at David Bowie and they said, yeah, he can play a loser. He can he can play someone that has a gambling debt. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Not like Robert Redford. <laughs> That's your favorite story, and I have to tell that story. So the official story goes that director Mike Nichols uh, was talking to his pal, Robert Redford, as one does. His pal, yeah, and that he, Robert Redford really wanted to play the lead role in The Graduate. And that they had interviewed like so many guys for this role and Robert really, really wanted to be it. He, he wanted to be it. And Nichols says, you can't play it. You can never play a loser. And Robert responds, what do you mean? Of course I can play a loser, which I imagine in this very earnest Robert Redford way. And Nichols says, okay, have you ever struck out with a girl? And Robert Redford, who I still imagine is speaking in this completely earnest tone, goes, what do you mean? And he was completely serious. <laughs> so now that's actually the test for all leading men in my mind. Uh, did they look at this man and think, yeah, he's probably struck out with at least one girl. And apparently they looked at David Bowie and they said, we have this character who is fundamentally a loser and yeah they chose David Bowie fit that thing I don't think so but yeah no he doesn't he doesn't all fit that but he does a great job in the role regardless yeah he's very entertaining to watch fumble around and he's a decent actor I think he's people... an incredible actor shush uh, Monty <laughs> is fantastic he's so much fun you're right I think that the movie really excels I'm not a big fan of romance movies but this one sticks out to me too in that as the like love interest aspect because she's a loser she's a loser so she's also a loser but we love her because she is she's a hopeful magician yeah she she idolizes um houdini and i think that is very cute and they're very fun about that and it does feature the big 
um, the most one of the most romantic gestures in any film, especially crime, in which so Houdini was very madly in love with his wife and he would receive the key to pick the locks in a kiss on many occasions and they uh replicate that in this film and it's very sweet yes it's one of my favorite he does it with the wedding ring yes houdini's wife's wedding ring and um because she she does has like a whole collection of Houdini memorabilia and it, the ring was the one thing she really not saying wanted. liking Houdini makes you a loser but it, she's a loser and she likes Houdini Listen. so Lucy Lucy is very sweet and she's very genuine and she does not fit into the kind of um double fate two two-faced to double worded world she lives in she because she, she takes everyone at face value um which is what gets her into trouble with Monty in the first place yeah and so they have their whole she has a friend vivian who makes self-defense bras and we love her a lot and they band up together all with a mutual hate for the two owners of the restaurant because they're both waitresses um this is why you should pay your employees better so they don't rob you yeah pay your employees better or else they might hold you at uh, gunpoint, but also tit point because she has knives in her bra. So but yes, they... the self-defense bra, which I would buy, actually, if that yes. was a thing. Uh, I don't think I should be trusted with it, you might <laughs> but it's a great help. invention. She's very cool. Yeah, vivid. So vivid she goes like viral in the sense that you could in the 90s. Like She's all over the news and stuff about the self-defense bras and the way that she held up the restaurant and so they're like let's do it again and so they do it again and then they drive away on motorcycles yeah yeah so no bicycles bicycles you're right because lucy doesn't have a license um but like all the rich people that go to the restaurant are like "Ooh, it's so fun let's give her the money and that's very funny the criticism of the wealthy in this film yes we do love it it's a it's it's such a fun movie i I love it i love it all so much and the man who i get confused with brian eno eno brian eno brian eno um (laughs) (laughs) is in this movie Uh, and by that i mean julian lennon julian lennon is in this movie um but more importantly than that, Iman is in this movie, and we love Iman. And she has the funniest part. Well, not okay. So the whole the whole movie is hilarious. But one of the funniest parts um, isn't David Bowie. Not David Bowie, but isn't Monty asking if he should let like Lucy die or something? Yeah. To so he has to. He loses the bet. We need to preface with he loses the bet and he goes double or nothing. Because he is a liar and an idiot. That she can escape from their huge fish tank. He risks her life. Because he believes in her. Yeah, he very much does believe in her. And he says that. Because he loves her. (laughs) He does. In the end, they do love each other loser ways 
but it's like who would yeah he goes who would like to see her die in this cold icy death or whatever and amon the extra raises her hands <laughs> like it just cuts to her and it's silent and she's slowly raising her hand and that was great yeah so this movie's just so much fun and I think it speaks to just how fun the crime genre can be without being all about heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just a silly, goofy movie. Everybody, everybody's in a silly, goofy mood. Anything else you have to say about this movie? I think it's on YouTube right now in like a few parts. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else. So it's like a little hard to find. It's not as famous as Labyrinth or The Hunger or anything like that, but it's definitely super fun to watch. Even if you're not a fan of David Bowie, it's still great. Yes. David Bowie fans and non-David Bowie fans can agree. A plus movie. Not that there's any on this podcast. (laughs) Hey, Maddie. Mm -hmm. What movie did you pick this week? Oh, I picked a non-McGruff approved movie. I picked the hot rock. Did he so, personally say this movie portrays crime in a too fun kind of way? No, but McCruff's whole thing was to not rob. I mean, he his whole thing was to not commit crime and robbery is considered a crime. And so the 1972 film directed by Peter Yates from the screenplay by William Goldman, aka the guy who wrote The Princess Bride. And like everything. He wrote Butch yes. Cassidy and The Sting too, right? I know he did the Butch, I know he did Butch Cassidy. And he did Marathon Man. He did like so much stuff. And all the president's men. So yeah. It's amazing. We and then he wrote The Hot Rock. And Harper. Another um, silly, goofy movie with some silly, goofy boys. So Hot Rock is, he also wrote The Stepford Wise, which is wild. Anyway, so if, if you like a movie, if you if you like about like 50 movies, you probably like at least one movie that William Goldman has written. There's so many like super famous people attached to this movie. And then there's nothing ever discussed about it. I mean, I'm sure I've not, checked every single resource about everything ever but it's definitely not one that comes to mind when you say Robert Redford like immediately in conversation maybe if you talk about it for a few more hours it's also not the first that comes to mind when you mention George Siegel either definitely not so we're back at it again with another George Siegel movie it's all for you George and Robert Redford this week Oh, yeah, it's all for is, you, Robert. Uh, two weeks in a row where we talk about George Siegel. <laughs> One day. It's all for you, Robert. We did this for you. Again. That's actually how everything started. That is how that is how the Kate and Maddie adventures all began. Yes, with Little Foss and Big Halsey. Yes. Because Robert Redford looked hot in it. And we're like, let's try it out. And then yes. we watched too many of his movies. And now here we are. Like three years later. So Hot Rock is based on a book by Donald E. Westlake. 
by the same title. Um, and it it stars, so Robert Redford's character's name is John Dortmunder, which proves that your main character can have any kind of name and still be a main character. <laughs> and this movie, do you remember the earlier story I told about how they said Robert Redford couldn't play a loser? Yeah. Guess what? Yes, he can. And this movie proves it. So John has just gotten out of prison and he, his brother-in-law, Andy Kelp, played by George Siegel, <laughs> picks him up and um, immediately, like this, he, he just picks him up from prison and in the car ride to their apartment, he says, hey, want to commit a crime? You want to go <laughs> commit crimes? <laughs> let's, let's fill Los Angeles with crime. I don't think it takes place in Los Angeles. But it, it it's or it's, it's a city. It is a city. I can't remember if they ever say it. But it, it is a city that is, you know, very crimeable. I love those crimeable cities. <laughs> Oh, it's Brooklyn. Yeah, it's not Los Angeles. <laughs> Brooklyn. I've seen the movies. I just pull up the Wikipedia so I can remember the small details. Like the fact it took place in Brooklyn, not mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I just assume all uh, Robert Redford movies take place in Los Angeles because he looks like he takes place in Los Angeles. <laughs> so yeah, so John and Andy, their brother-in-laws. Uh, don't expect any development for the wife, though. We we see her once. Um, so Andy Kelp is his brother-in-law. And um, so that would make his wife John's sister. This woman knew she was hanging it. She was going to act with... This woman knew that this was her chance with Robert Redford. And so when the siblings see each other, he gives her a brotherly like greeting and it turns into a kiss and topo swope you took that for the team you went in you (laughs) said this is my chance to kiss robert redford and that lasted for like two whole minutes not really but it sure felt like that when you're they're supposed to be siblings we don't judge her that much no we don't we support you (laughs) we we can't blame you we we know you took your chance I don't know if we're going to be allowed to put any of that in, but <laughs> so Andy, who is not at all the criminal type, he is in that he wants to commit crime, but he's not in the way that he's not going to be good at it. And they want to steal this gym from the Brooklyn Museum for uh, Dr. Musa, who is played by Moses Gunn. And he wants it back for his country uh, to give back to his people and says that it was stolen during colonial times. And so, no, and he says, of course, we're going to get a lot of money for this. So it'd be great. And so then they find two other nerds to help them. One of those nerds is Stan Merch, who is played by Ron Liebman. And the other nerd is... Alan Greenberg, who is played by Paul Sands. And then everything just absolutely becomes a muck. 
they they aren't competent criminals. Don really is trying to hold this together, but these other guys do not know what they're doing. <laughs> so first, um, all uh, turns to chaos when they first try to steal it, and that leads it to Alan Greenberg swallowing the diamonds. <laughs> And he's just like I don't know the cops are coming I don't know where to hide this um, and he just in my it. mouth it goes yep. and so uh, Greenberg gets um, caught and he goes to prison after he swallowed it and Greenberg's dad is like the super rich like very powerful lawyer and he tells the other three that they have to help him escape from prison and they do, but when they do, it's too late because he's already gone through all the motions of having the diamond no longer be in his body. And he's hid it somewhere else. And he's <laughs> hid it at the police station because that's where you hide something that's stolen. And so then they try to get that back, uh, but it, it's not It's not there. It's, it's not there. Um, <laughs> John Dortmunder is proof that Robert Redford can, in fact, play someone who's definitely struck out with a girl. Yes. And because, because he just keeps... He keeps striking out with uh, getting a diamond stolen, too. Mm-hmm. And so then Greenberg's like, oh, but my dad, my good dad, my great father uh, was the only other one who knew. There's this whole scheme to try and get his father to confess uh, what role he played. And it, it's all a mess. They try, they try everything. It's like, it's like if the Scooby-Doo gang committed crimes, but were like half as much competent as they are. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's like Johnny Bravo and the Scooby-Doo gang <laughs> trying to commit crimes. But John Dormander isn't actually um, Johnny Bravo in this situation. He is actually the Velma. Yes. Anyway, it's a fun movie. It's absolutely wild. Nothing goes as it expects, but it's it's right up there with the Linguini incident as a crime film that proves that crime films can be fun and mm-hmm. not just horrifying. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I think he does trigger warning, threaten suicide. It wants to get the dad to confess. Aren't they in like an abandoned building or whatever? Well, he yeah one at one point um Stan Merch threatens to throw a down an elevator shaft. <laughs> Norman is just having a really bad day. Anyway, this this movie makes me want to read the book. It really does. Yeah, I need to find the book now. It's fun. It's so much fun, and all the promotional work for it makes it look like it's about a band that just got back together. And but it's absolutely not. They're a band of idiots, and that's about it. Yeah, none of them play any instrument. We love you. We love you, Robert Redford. We love you so much. And George Siegel. This is George Siegel. We love Siegel you so Richard. much, George Siegel. We love them both so, so much. Yes. Yeah, we watched this movie for them. and it... Exclusively. This is when we went through our big George Siegel phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made us so like, happy. There's one with Robert Redford. Of course, we're watching that one next. And so we've loved it for a long time. And it's a great, it's just a great movie to watch when you're feeling down, I think. Cause yeah, 
you get to see both of them. Uh, they're in security guard uniforms at the museum and just running around from the other security guards, like pretending. Silly goofy like, criminals. Oh, I, I sure know. I sure know where things are. Um, and that's very funny. That's one of my favorite. Robert scenes. Redford, Nichols was wrong. You can play someone that's definitely struck out with a girl. And that's it. That's the episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Next week. Same time. Same channel. Bye. Same podcast place. Bye. <laughs>